All aboard the gravy train! Are you riding your financial planner or broker's gravy train? Your financial prospectus outlines how brokers are allowed to charge you hidden fees. Next stop, hidden fees! Want to take back control of your retirement income? Just get off at the next stop. And tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Fight with my glasses here this morning. How are you? Thanks for being with me. I'm Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour on AM 870, The Answer, your place for news, talk, and information. Thanks for being with us. I hope you had a great weekend, great time with family. It's a big part of life, right? We don't just work so that we can make a lot of money. We hope that we work so that we can spend time with our family, do things that, uh, believe it or not, you can't do in other places in the world. Uh, I was recently uh, with a client, school teacher, great lady, came to this country from Afghanistan, believe it or not, far away. Came to the United States for a chance. She did. She finished school, became a teacher. She's now been an educator for for decades. And it was interesting having a conversation with her son, who thinks that Trump, Republicans, the United States of America, and everything that we stand for is evil, wrong, dirty, bad. And And I went for a minute and I thought, gosh, you know, how misguided. And yet, at the same time, for a young man who would be of military age. So there's no question he would have been in the military and maybe not have survived the countless uh, conflicts, wars, uh, car bombings, etc. And yet we still give him the right as a nation. We give an individual the right to criticize without reprisals of three in the morning knock on the door. Uh, I mean, do you understand the power of what freedom is? For a lot of you, You think the answer is equality. It is not. You either can fight for freedom or equality. Now, before you get too excited, when I say equality, I'm talking about equality of opportunity, not equality of outcomes. I'm talking about equality of of a shot, not equality of guarantees of success, or we'll all drive the same black car. As Henry Ford said, you could have any car you want as long as it's in any color, as long as it's black, right? You remember those ideas? Remember those days when Volkswagen produced one color of one vehicle? You want a totality? You want socialism? You go down the road of an organization that, that we are, um, I don't know. Look, if you are not surprised and even scratching your head as to how... The Democrats turned districts and by provisional ballots and by absentee ballots. Look, it's an open secret. And and maybe some of you don't even know this, but it's an open secret that we have a one party state in this in this state. And that the Democrats cheat. I mean, it's like an open. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask anybody in the political world. Right. They drive people up to polling booths, provisional ballots. People vote multiple times. And instead of you with pitchforks, look at France. These folks are riding over a gas tax and some of you, some of you guys voted for it because you're too ignorant to read. Or you just believe what the left says that it's about, oh, I don't know, children and old people and and grandparents pushing, you know, getting pushed off the cliff. You guys, your financial life is is in a. I say a crossroads. I think there's something big happening. Just this morning, what did I hear? Carl Karcher Enterprises, Carl's Jr. and Hardy's, is moving out of California, moving their headquarters. And the dishonest media, here's folks, we're sitting in my living room, and my whole family hears it. And we're sitting in the living room, and I said, wait for it, guys. Watch how they, they couch this. Watch how they say it. And they say, it's leaving the city of Anaheim. No, you guys, it's leaving the state of California. They try to say, oh, well, it's leaving Anaheim. Republican, 
leaving Anaheim and going to uh, another location. And the last sentence of nearly the last segment says, oh, it's moving to Franklin, Tennessee. Come on. You guys know. Allstate just moved its entire claims handling minus, I think, 25 or 30 people, moved its entire claims handling unit. Where? Chandler, Arizona. Oh, well, they've been moving it slowly. I can promise you this, folks. If California was a business-friendly state with people that had reasonableness in their mindset, not the way you think reasonableness in the, in the left, then businesses wouldn't leave. And yet you have a lot of Americans that say, oh, well, you know, Arif, my retirement account, I'm going to stay here in California. I hope you can. I wish you can. I was born and raised here. This is my home. That's why it seems very unfair that at the end, they're kind of chasing you out, aren't they? They're kind of pushing you, making way for sanctuary this and illegal immigrants get free tuition. And yet some of you are still paying your student loans well into your 60s and 70s. But if you come here illegally, you break a law, you're supposed to get free, free tuition. Is that fair? I, I don't know. As many retirees, as many Americans are retiring, what is happening to their debt? It is hitting record levels. We just hit another record level. There's many reasons that, that our retirees are going back to work. Folks, you need to know what they are. And you have to make a decision. Sometimes it's as simple as, look, retirees are going back to work because it's just not fun anymore to stay home. They have enough to live, as Tom Henya is an amazing uh, speaker. I, I think I really, uh, I really appreciate him. I've had him on, on my show at least once. And Tom came on and he said, look, there's a difference between play, uh, paychecks and playchecks. You see, you live on a paycheck. It pays for your food, shelter, clothing, your existence. But what about play checks? What about the opportunity to enjoy life, to go visit, to travel, to go to, right when you're working, you're not going to a museum once a week. You're not going to the theater once a month because you may not have time and you may not have money and you may have young children and you may have college to pay for and the electric bill is bigger because you have six people at home. But as you get closer to retirement, things start to change. And now you are retired and you have more time Certainly you have or should have more money. So what is the play check part of it? Well, Tom makes it very clear. He says, look, if you want to have a life, then you better have enough money, certainly higher than your fuel, shelter, clothing. So where does that come into play? Look, my daughter was in town recently from Mississippi. Two twenty nine was the gas price. And they were all excited. Oh my gosh, you know, it crossed over $2. It better get back down there, darn it. Right? Well, Eric, have you been to Mississippi? I have. It's beautiful. Everybody's nice. Black, white, young, old uh, housekeepers uh, that, uh, you know, maids at the hotels. Everybody's nice. Everybody's grateful. You want to start something for the new year? Start a grateful book. That's what we did. We started a, a book of why we are grateful. Now, this is important because there is a part of your life that is going to have an opportunity to retire, hopefully someday. Now, it doesn't mean you sit in a room and wait to die or on a rocking chair on a, you know, overlooking the back 40. This means that you're going to have something to do. For a lot of you, you, you leave work or leave retiree and go back to work. We call it untiring. And you untire for one reason and one reason only. It's, become, it's to become an entrepreneur. So to become an entrepreneur, you go through this process of saying, you know, my paychecks, my pension, my food, shelter, clothing, that's covered. I'm okay with that. I may even have a little extra to live my dream, whatever that is, to be my own boss. My kids are grown. Things are taken care of, right? For many of you, you're like, my youngest daughter's married and she's out of the house. <laughs> my son finally settled down, right? Whatever that is, and you, and you get that relief. It may be time to become an entrepreneur because for many of you, that part of your life just, oh, was just never satisfied. And usually the poison, believe it or not, is a good paycheck. Benefits and handcuffs, in my world, they're exactly the same. Because if you think a benefit 
is a positive thing, then you realize that you've just limited your future. Your future is no longer about something very simple, which is growth and possibility and becoming something. Right? Benefits mean, well, I wish I could quit, but I can't. Too much to lose. Maybe. Many people are escaping the cities, aren't they? When you're retiring, you're leaving the cities. You're leaving the big places. Look, you might keep a a condo or a vacation home in California and come here during the summer, especially if you live by the sea. But if you're one of those folks that whose job, you know, you're in your 40s or 50s and your job is relocated. And by the time you do the math, you go, gosh, gasoline in Arizona or Tennessee is pretty inexpensive. Energy is pretty inexpensive. There's no income. Hey, there is no income tax in in, uh, Tennessee. Didn't you know that? 13% here. Zero income tax in Tennessee. And if you haven't been to, to most parts of the, the world and you're an arrogant, usually celebrity, and you walk around and you think, oh, well, we've got it made and we're the center of the universe. And so what we say on Comedy Central and what we say on, on The Tonight Show, you know, on the East Coast, those things, that dictates the American culture. Look, if you're on the left and you still haven't figured out why Donald Trump won, he's going to win again, you guys. It, it isn't a secret. If you still think that the world is racist, and when they plan this uh, Charlottesville thing and 200 people show up, you got to ask yourself, huh, maybe, just maybe, it's not about racism. I know you guys on the left see it everywhere. Right, 50 years ago, it was the KKK, it was the Nazi party, it was, those were the people that wanted segregated dorms. Those were the people that wanted segregated graduation classes. You're going to spend your money in college so that they can have sensitivity clubs where you have to be a certain race in order to be a part of it. Have you guys not gone insane? Why aren't you screaming racism instead of your inclusiveness? It's just the opposite. It, I thought of it like this. You know, I had a, when I was a Los Angeles policeman, I had a partner who was a, a female black, and we talked about racism and stuff, and clear the air because it was post-Rodney King. It was right in the middle of all that, actually. We were talking about it, and I, and I didn't understand things because I grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood. We had everybody in the neighborhood, from Jewish people to gay people to Irish Catholic to black uh, to Mexican to white, everybody, Protestant. And I was asking her, and she said, Arif, this is what racism is. People don't realize that when you get socked in the arm, on both arms, I think is how she put it, and you don't like it, but suddenly they say, well, I'm now only going to sock you in one arm. Isn't that okay? And, And she said, what I would tell these people is, how about just not socking me in the arm at all? Now, I was 21 years old when I heard this, 22 maybe. And it stuck with me now 30 years plus, because to me, I understood that if you let racism creep in private clubs, organizations, right? How many organizations have Hispanic associations, black associations, a white guy tries to do white guy associations and they're racist pigs. You guys, if you're going to stay in a state where everything about that state is based on what you look like, who you love, who you call friend, then understand it permeates into the financial. It just does. Why? Well, look at the tax structure. Because instead of using our taxes for food, shelter, clothing of the citizens, they're using it for illegals. And instead of using it for for illegals, instead of fixing the bridges and the roads that exist, they're going to socially engineer you to take a high-speed train, which real, really, by the way, just so you know, isn't going to be high-speed. It can't. The terrain doesn't work. Right? The terrain, mountains, bridges, physics. Right? When you make a turn, you can't go too fast. You fall off the track. It's not a secret. But they conned you. They conned the citizens of California. And just so you don't, uh, you know, you don't forget, one of the very first checks when that thing was passed, the high-speed rail, one of the very first checks that, that was cut was to Diane Feinstein's husband for $100 million. Okay, let me back up here. 
If you don't think this social engineering and this political BS is going to impact you financially, understand when Diane Feinstein's husband, who owns a surveying company, instead of having the, the, the foresight, right, the self-awareness, the concept of understanding, let's think for a minute. Hmm. This is pushed by the, by the Democrats. No Republicans signed on. It, uh, we're pretty polarized in this state. A lot of people don't want this high-speed rail. We're going to reach out and we're going to at least not have the appearance. Right? There's got to be another surveying company in this country that says good or better. So we're not going to, oh, we're not going to give the other side any, any uh, ammo. Instead, we're going to make it very clear that we're bipartisan, we're decent people. No, they didn't do that. The very first check was Diane Feinstein's husband received $100 million. Why isn't that on every radio station and every channel on TV? If you don't think people are going to go back to work because financially you've chosen to stay in California, folks, this is not an easy conversation, right? I, I don't know if you can be more California. I was born in Hollywood. I grew up in the Valley. Uh, my dad came to this country with very little. Him and my mom drove to California from Michigan with a dream. Now when people retire, they drive away taking suitcases full of money through their retirement accounts and they retire in other cities and states. Look, we, we get it. There's another reason people are going back to work. There's something about purpose. You've heard me talk about that. I've done it many times on the show. You have to have a purpose. You have to have people that expect you to be somewhere. Look, maybe not Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, where you got to get up at 6 o'clock and get on the freeway by 6.30. None of that baloney. We don't want that. But what I do want is for you to have purpose in your life. It could be volunteering at a daycare twice a week. It could be working part-time during, this, during the holiday season. It could be working at church on Sunday, helping moms that, single moms get back to work. Right? So they have daycare, childcare. You could do all sorts of things where you make a difference in the world. And it is no longer just about sitting, traveling, and being a consumer of things. So missing meaningful work is not a problem. It's important. I think that's a big deal. But there's a socialization aspect of it, isn't it? How many times have you left a job and you go back? I know it's happened to me. You go back in two or three weeks, month, two months. <laughs> you're like, hey, everybody. And there's a couple of new people there. Some of them kind of forget about you. Or instead of, right, in your mind, it was a movie that stopped. So you are thinking that you're picking up where you left off. So you walk into the room and you're like, hey, we can start the movie again. And they're saying, oh, buddy, that was two hours ago or that was two years ago. The mo- a lot of things have happened here in which you were not in any of those scenes. You weren't a part of it. So that's nice. We see you. We remember from the first half of the show, but you're not the same. You're not, you're not the same value anymore. Hollywood knows this. This is why actors and actresses that were very prominent in their prestigious role, roles do silly commercials for soap or for medicine or for taxes, right? Why do you think they do that? To stay relevant so you don't forget who they are. This is what they look like today because they know Look, I, I met a gentleman um, from a popular TV show. They film by my office all the time. NCIS, I'll tell you, it's not a big deal. So they film by my show, uh, by my office all the time. And my son was pretty sick. Uh, and we had just come back from Children's Hospital. And uh, it looked a little bit more dramatic. He had already had the surgery, so he was healing up. But he had to go do a blood test. And so, you know, they did a blood test in one arm. And the lady wasn't uh, that great at, at trying to find the vein. So she missed, and then, of course, they, they made a mess, so they cleaned that up and put the Band-Aid on with the big gauze on one side. So they went to the other arm. No problem. They took the blood out. All right. So we're driving back, and we pull up, and, oh, my gosh, there is all of the NCIS equipment. We thought it was great. And my kids loved that show. So here's a little 10-year-old who pulls out of the car. We take a look. I happen to know somebody on the set, an old partner of mine. So he's like, hey, Eric, come on up. Yeah, we talk. The folks come up, and one of the actors on the show used to be pretty heavy when we were watching the reruns. And I said, oh, my gosh, you've lost a lot of weight lately. You look great. And he's like, uh, Arif, that was like three years ago. I said, no, it wasn't that long. As if I'm telling him, 
right? Like, no, 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 I know better than you, sir. I, I, I watched the show. He's like, Eric, you were watching reruns. I said, I was? He said, yeah, you were watching some of the old shows. And I, you know, of course you don't feel, you feel kind of dumb. But here I was watching a show and this person's life had progressed and I was stuck in the reruns. If you think your, your, your old boss, your old place is going to be stuck in the reruns, you need to figure out how you can build your life so that you're not stuck. And you got to keep your family's focus because missing work is not a problem. You can go back. People do. But don't think that they're going to remember you the same. So a new career sometimes is the option. You've heard me say this. A gentleman who worked as an engineer for a big company at one time, I thought that was great. And what he did is at working at this company, got a great pension, early buyout left. Very happy for him. He now works as a special needs assistant for a child. It's called a one-on-one. Isn't that incredible? The guy has a, at least a master's, maybe a PhD. Financially, he's set forever. We helped him keep his money safe. Look, that's our job. Our job as a financial guy or gal in my business, in my firm, is simple. Total financial solution is one job. It's to protect your principal and help you grow reasonably with, with reasonable rates of return. None of this craziness is at the market. When our clients go back to work, it's because they want to go back to work not because financially they have to go back to work. You see, there's a difference. A lot of the guys on the radio and and TV, wonderful people, I'm sure, we're going to make you rich. We're going to give you, if you take a look at the standard deviation of the 20-day with the 90-day, crossover with the 5-day, and they've lost you. And the only reason they're saying that stuff, just so you know, it's simple, the only reason they're saying it is because they know you don't understand. You know that? They're not that dumb. These are pretty sharp guys. They know you don't get it. So their only reason of saying it is so you can think they're pretty smart. Well, you know what? That guy's saying a lot of stuff I don't know. And if I'm a pretty smart guy, then these people must be even smarter. So I'm going to trust them. That's the mindset. That's the the mentality of trying to think that at least I'm going to use big words. So here's the biggest word I'm going to use. Reasonable rates of return, protecting your principal, which is the money you made and you put in, and the interest, which is the money that grows afterwards. We're going to protect that from market declines. It's pretty, it's kind of pretty basic, right? Now, listen, you're not going to get home runs. You're not going to get 20s and 30% returns. Just isn't going to happen with us. You're going to have a cap somewhere between 10, 12, maybe 15%, but that's the most you're going to make in any one year. Realistically, three to six. You have grown your wealth. As Warren Buffett says, to grow your wealth, number one, you pick the correct spouse. Number two is the correct career, the right career. And number three, your habits, your financial habits. He says that's your secret to wealth. So if your goal is to become wealthy or successfully, uh, you know, financially established, then keep yourself Well, number one, pick the right spouse. (laughs) But number two, keep yourself in a big uh, mindset that the the more I go to somebody who's fixing my car, who's fixing my computer, I didn't ask you to give me a crash course on how a transmission works. All I said is when I put the key in and it does this, it makes this noise. Can you stop that? Yes. Great. How much? Okay, that's fair. I'll take it. Don't think that you have to learn how transmissions work. You would never do that, right? You would sit there and say, hey, listen, buddy, I, I've got things to do, so just fix my car. Thanks, have a good day. So stay away from financial people who are using big terms. They hand you that fancy financial analysis. Why are they all doing that? Do you think they understand completely what it says? I don't. In fact, I, I teach and speak to some of these guys. I can tell you they don't understand it. I can also tell you that they are taught that you don't understand that. Some of you might be certainly much brighter in the financial world than others, but they know that you don't get it. And when they hand it to you, it's only to give themselves an idea, a look of one CYA, right? Cover themselves in case 
And if exactly what has happened in the market happens, which is you're going to lose your money, when we come back, I'm going to actually give you an update of a client. This is somebody I dealt with this week. Folks, we were shocked, not a little. You've heard me say there's been some pretty bad ones. This is the worst one yet. In fact, I'm meeting her again this week. She couldn't believe it. The look on her face was shock. Wait till you find out the big words and the fancy things that were used on her and what the end result is when we come back. Thanks for staying with us, folks. Hey, you can give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. My 22-year career, folks, I have not seen anybody as messed up as the one I'm going to tell you about. But we have a solution for you. That's why it's the Total Financial Solutions Show. That's our hour right here on your place for news, talk, and information. AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Hey, welcome back to the show. Total Financial Solutions. Save for money hour. <laughs> Thanks for being with me. Hey, triple eight ninety nine retired. Triple eight ninety nine retired. Some of you that have stayed with me from the beginning of the hour. I told you I was going to tell you some little uh, something that I, I don't know. I guess when you see the worst it's ever going to be, maybe it's never going to be the worst. It sounds like global warming, huh? Every time it's the worst weather, and then next year is the worst weather, and you look back in the facts and you go, it's not really the worst weather. All right, this is the worst. Five years ago, she put in two hundred thousand dollars. Today, or, or when we did the call this week, because we call the companies, guys, and that's what we do with you. Listen, I'm Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour. I'm not, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Stock Market Guru who, who thinks he knows everything based on, you know, the tea leaves. That's not how it works. My job is to help you if you want some or part of your money out of risk, out of the market, then that's what I do. That's my specialty. I'm not going to balance your portfolio with the proper allocation of the mutual funds with the eat baloney hogwash nobody does that nobody they they window dress it for the holidays right you've heard of the santa claus rally that's because they have to report their holdings at the end of the year so if facebook was a winner all year long and they didn't own it because they were trying to sneak around and do other things they buy it just before they have to report the music stops musical chairs wherever the portfolio is they report it the next week or two or day, they're done. And they get out of it and go back into their mess. That's why 90% of the, the, the mutual funds don't even beat the S&P 500. You would think if you're paying for something, then you would beat the market. But they don't. I don't know why. Could it be the fees? Well, let's take a look. This lady was told she had all sorts of benefits. $200,000 she put in five years ago. A little more than five years, actually. When we did the call this week, it was $200,247. She made $247 in five years. What's the fees? 3.2% or $7,800 a year. She's paid more than $30,000 in fees, you guys. Now, oh, it's it's for income. It's to get a guaranteed stream of income. All right, her income amount is so minimal compared to what she's paid in fees that she has to live to like 90 years old or 95, I think, 92, something, before she even starts using the insurance company's money. So a lot of these income riders are kind of tricks, in my opinion. Your family doesn't get it if you die, so there's no death benefit. Once you start taking out income from a lot of these accounts, you don't continue to receive any interest uh, that they've guaranteed you. So what they but the but the fees continue. You don't receive the interest guarantee, but the fees continue. And this is important because she didn't realize she had these fees. She didn't realize she had these risks because on the face sheet she was told it's $65 a year in fees and you have a guarantee of 5%. I said, it's not true. She said, oh, yeah, I know, I know. But I know you said that, but that's not really, uh, it's different with my guy. 
it's not true. She said, well, well, what do you mean? I said, look, I'm not going to go into anymore. Let's make a phone call because I can say whatever I want. People say, oh, you're in sales. You're going to trick people. You're going to say, so look, you, when you come into my office, it's simple. It takes me about 15 minutes, sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on how long we're on hold because sometimes the companies keep you on hold for a little while. I have one page. You can write down every question I ask. You can write down every answer they give. You have a calculator. It's really simple. We ask them to do the math for me because she says, oh, I don't have a calculator. I said, no problem. We'll wait. Oh, because they know when somebody like me calls that the gig is up. They got to tell the truth because we're on a recorded line. Right? So I can't lie. I'm not going to lie. No way. There's no reason. Okay, what's the fees? Oh, the, the, this much per year. Okay, so let me do the math here. 3200 It's like 37000 a year. Okay, so if we're looking at, you know, six, $7,000 a year in fees, uh, can you tell me how many years? Five years. Okay, so 6000 uh, even if it's just times 200 which it isn't, it's actually a lot more than that, but let's just say, uh, oh, huh, six times five, that's $30,000 in fees. So that means her broker... The company, Wall Street, somebody left her pocket and went somewhere. They got paid. You have to ask yourself, you guys, do I have one of these? Do I think I'm paying $45 a year, $65 a year? I love it when you come to me and you say, I'm not paying any fees. Like, really? So when you worked, you worked for free too? Well, no, I'm sure they're making it somewhere. Well, yeah, you better be sure. Because there isn't just one person who has to be paid, folks. There's all sorts of people. So you are either going to have a cap on your rate of return, which is what we do, right? Between zero and 12. There are no fees, but I promise you the company's going to make more than, than, than uh, the 10 or 12%. Right? They're, they're going to make more every single year. Whatever they make, that's how they pay us. That's how they pay their electric bill. They have their own profit system. They have their own reserve system. When they make a profit, and they never don't make a profit. I mean, you you got to understand this, right? It's just like a bank. A bank is not in business to break even, nor is an insurance company. They're in business to make a profit, and they do. And we've agreed to say that's how we're going to be paid. That's the way we're going to run our firm. I'm going to become an expert. So in 22 years, I'd say, and venture to say I'm pretty close to to as, as expert as you can get in these products and services, what I do. We have a fixed indexed account or a fixed annuity or a fixed indexed annuity or equity indexed annuity. They're called different things, hybrid annuities, same idea. You have a choice. You want guarantees, you work with the bank or an insurance company. That's it. You want risk? Then you get to go to the market. No problem. But what you don't want is risk and losses in a time when you're saying, you know what? I got to go back to work. You've heard me talk about it before. You've heard me talk about debt. That's a big reason that people go back to work. Here's another one. I'm going to get to the debt one in a minute because I want you to see this. But here's a trend that I'm starting to notice. And it seems to be maybe two to one. It's, it's single moms, whether they're widows or divorced, who are taking care of their children or their grandchildren. In other words, their daughter either had a baby out of wedlock or divorced, and now it moves in with her one or two kids. And now the mom is back to work supporting her children and her grandchildren. Or she couldn't retire as soon as she thought. She could have retired by now. That was the plan. But three years ago, her son and two kids, her daughter and three children moved back in. And now she's kind of mom slash grandmother. So, she now doesn't have the opportunity because she's supporting others. Now, it can go all the way through to college tuition for children or grandchildren. We had it in one case where a a couple were educators and their son went back to medical school at 35. Well, do the math. They were already retired. (laughs) And so, by the time he got out of medical school, because he already had his bachelor's, He was in his early 40s, guys. Okay, that's wonderful, but 
that that cost for college is half a million bucks. So keep in mind, many of you are still supporting other people, and usually it's children or grandchildren. Nothing wrong with that, in the sense that it, that it's your relatives. But there is something wrong with it when you didn't plan. College tuition costs are soaring, and elderly parents, many of you, especially ladies and men that are part of that millennial, said you were going to wait to have children. And you waited until you were 30, 32, 35. I know many first-time fathers in their late 30s and early 40s. And they said, oh, Eric, we did it backwards. We lived our life, we traveled, we did stuff, and now we want to have a family. Well, nothing wrong with that except your 22-year-old is going to be in college when you're 65. So the idea of saying, I'm going to be taking care of other people, you got to plan for that. And many of you are worried about another recession. Oh, my. I think we're going to see it sooner rather than later. Just my opinion. Right? A lot of people are talking. I think the EU and Brexit, the European Union has to make it difficult for Great Britain. They have to punish them and spank them. Why? Because if they don't, then you will see Spain. You might see Italy. You might see Ireland. You might see a lot of countries say, you know what, we're out of here. Because really the European Union are two countries, Germany and France, you know that. It's their way to manipulate without firing a shot. It's their way to control without having a single army invade anywhere. Ask Greece, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Ireland. Ask them. They're not happy being controlled from Brussels. Can you imagine the United States of America giving up control and saying somebody, some elite aristocrat far away who's never even been to my country is telling me the kind of uh, cars I can drive, the emissions that I could have, the water, the way I use my water on my farm? And do you really think they don't have their own nationalistic agenda? Right? If it's a minister from Sweden, they're not going to protect Sweden's industry? I don't know. Just me. I've been all over Europe, so I can tell you. A lot of people like the European Union because it keeps war at bay. They don't like it because they lose freedoms. So keep in mind, guys, we're not that far from having our freedoms given up for, quote, peace. The opposite of peace is not war. You understand that. The opposite of peace is what? Freedom. If you want peace, you have to give up freedom. I wish that's not the case. We're in a fallen world, unfortunately. The way that you survive is by giving everybody a chance economically. And my retirees are going back to work because some of them are pretty darn good at what they did. And this is the pinnacle of their career of working and making money. But some of you are worried about outliving your spouses. Look, I have seen this happen countless times where one person works in a career where they're given an early buyout, 50, 55, 60 years old, and the other one is part of a traditional workforce that says you could retire at 65. So you have one spouse at home, and it's often the man, for some reason, uh, this is the way it is, the man is retired early, and the wife is still going to work. At the beginning, it's funny, and it's cute, and and then their second checkup, or they come back in in a few months or six weeks, and there's a tiny bit of resentment. And then a few months later, the resentment is larger. And then before you know it, they're arguing at my conference table about silly things, financial, of course, but silly. And it stems from a jealousy, I believe. You know, that they come home and, and, you know, somebody's still in their pajamas or they come home and somebody just got back from the golf course or the tennis court. Or they come back and they say, oh, me and my buddies were fishing or me and my friends were well, like, really? I just sit in traffic for an hour and a half because of an accident. So I, I, I see some people going back to work to, to keep life in order, or they're retiring early. It depends on their financial situation. But some people are taking a financial hit because divorce is much more expensive. So they, I don't know. I would agree. It probably is much more expensive. So when we say retirees are going back to work, and I mentioned debt, ready for the number? About 100000 
100,000 retirees, that means people that are collecting Social Security, have some of their Social Security check garnished for uh, student loan debt. Did you know that? Did you know that, that President Obama signed an executive order? Right? You guys were all worried about, oh, the President Trump's uh, power, man, it's a dictator. Folks, we hadn't had anybody like Obama yet at all. President Obama's dictatorship ran the gamut between randomly and arbitrarily start stopping uh, oil drilling up in uh, southern Wyoming and Colorado. I owned a business up there, I can tell you. It bankrupted towns and people. And the Supreme Court, in a bipartisan manner, said, you couldn't do that. That's not right. But the Obama administration and uh, former Colorado governor, interior secretary at the time, said, ah, we knew we couldn't do it. We knew it was going to get overturned. But goodness, we stopped oil drilling for two and a half years. Folks, you can't do that. That's, that's an abuse of power, right? You have to have some sort of good conscience. You have to have some sort of an understanding. Well, uh, well I thought, I thought at least. But they knew they were use, uh, abusing and utilizing uh, the law for their own personal political agenda. But I digress. Many of you are going back to work because the student loan debt, you didn't realize can in turn, if you're not paying it on time, can garnish your Social Security, part of your retirement account. And even if you think that at the end of the day, your Social Security check, ad eh, doesn't matter, it's not that much, they can still garnish because they can sue. They can garnish your pension, your bank account, your 401k, your IRA. Because when President Obama signed the little deal, you know, that said, I am now the king of your IRS uh, and we know that it's not a it's not a political tool, right? Lois Lerner will tell you the IRS is not a political tool. They just happen to go after conservative tea parties to suppress the vote. But we're worried about Russians, you know, the eight Facebook ads or something. But what took place was fascinating to me. Because when President Obama signed that, he took the collection and the ability for you to go out and have private student loans and put an umbrella and said all Student loans are now public. And instead of bringing down colleges and universities to say, guys, you guys are getting ridiculous here with your pricing, you're doubling inflation. Instead of doing that, he saddled the middle class, the lower middle class, the average American with massive student loan debt. So you were 50 years old, 56, 55, went back to college because 2000 hit and you needed to be competitive. You had to get a job. So that's 18 years ago, right? So when 2000 hit and you spent $100,000 on that MBA program, a lot of people did, to be competitive because back then masters were not that common as much as today. Today they're a dime a dozen. Everybody has a master's. You want to stand out, get a, get a stinking uh, you know, PhD, my gosh. Right? It's like the uh, Chevy Chase, doctor, 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 right? <laughs> Everybody acknowledges each other by doctor, doctor. That's the way it's going to be. Your Starbucks guy is going to be a doctor. Hi, coffee bean doctor. Yeah, call me Dr. Coffee. I only $150,000 in student loan debt for my PhD. What about you? Be paid off by the time I'm 174. Debt by older Americans is rising fast. Here, record bankruptcy. Because you cannot file bankruptcy on student loan debt. People say, well, that's not the reason. It isn't true. The pressure, right, if you have to make this payment, that means you can't make your car, house, boat, credit card, whatever. So you take money from what you have the ability to not pay, legally speaking, and push it over to your student loan debt. Well, now you don't think Visa or MasterCard or American Express wants their paycheck? Of course they do. So they file a lawsuit. And eventually many people, retirees especially, are filing bankruptcy. Add to that a collapse in the stock market, and I think we have a recipe for disaster. If you want to keep some or part of your money safe, your retirement, that's what we're here for. It's pretty simple, really. We are the safety specialists. If you, if you go to the doctor, you're not going to go to a doctor and say, hey, doctor, uh, you know, listen, you're my cardiologist. I know my heart valve seems to be going, yeah, yeah, it's doing great, great. Uh, you know, I got this question for you. Uh, 
you know, I have a podiatry issue. My, my big toe hurts a lot. Can you see that? You're a specialist. You're, you're well-renowned as a cardiologist. There's a doctor in front of your name, and people know you. And you have some gray hair, so you've got to be experienced. So can you work on my foot? You'd say, I would never do that. But in your working years, you're working with a specialist whose job it is to take risks and potentially even grow your income. But now you're retired and you're on the other side. And that says now it's time to take some or part of it and move it to safety. And it says now it's time you're not going to use the same strategies when your food, shelter, clothing used to come from your paycheck and today it comes from your retirement account. You wouldn't want your paycheck going up and down. You wouldn't say I'm paying fees to get my paycheck, right? You wouldn't do that, except for maybe parking if you're in downtown LA or something. Other than that, you're not paying fees. You're not paying anything to get a paycheck. It's not a privilege to work. But some of you think paying a fee to get your paycheck from your retirement accounts is the way your broker has encouraged you to operate. The share of bankruptcy filers who are older than 65 is the highest it's ever been. This is important, guys. As debt grows, older Americans are going into bankruptcy at record numbers. The steep increase of households, some as high as 75 or older, and it's not just mortgage debt, it's credit card debt and student loan debt. So listen, I want to give you some steps to improve yourself here a little bit, okay? As we finish up the the last hour of the program, you need to follow along a couple of things. Number one, get a budget. I know you never thought you were supposed to have a budget because some of you didn't have it when you were in retirement. I mean, when you were working. In retirement, you have to have a budget. And that could be the thing right away, right? As soon as you write stuff down, that means you go back to work. A good barometer, like a test, like, hey, you know, do I need a budget? Do I not? Take a look at your savings account. And in the last six months, if every single month you are pulling from that in order to live, not to buy a purchase, not to pay for an emergency, but to live. If you see your savings account dropping every single month, then your income is not enough to live. So it's a good way of testing, hey, you know what? I probably need a little bit more income. All right, that's, that's kind of the first canary in the, in the mine shaft. I always like to see a budget because it gives you an idea of where you are spending. It gives you a scorecard. How are things looking? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Do what you can to start eliminating debt, even before retirement. I'm not a big fan of paying off your house if you have other debt. That's the last place we go. Now, that means I would prefer that you have a mortgage and a big pile of cash that you can uh, live on each and every month that's creating a machine that's never going to die because your mortgage still has a date in which it's over. It might be 15 years. It might be 20 years. But your retirement accounts are never going to be filled up again. So if you took those and you moved them over and you paid off your debt, it's over. That money can never work for you ever again. Now, if you have a 7 or 8 or 9 or 10% mortgage, okay, that's a different conversation. But right now, mortgages are 3, 3.5%, 4, 4 depending on when you got it. So keep in mind that the idea of having a mortgage is, it's not my first choice. Don't get me wrong. It's not what I want you to have. But if the choice is $200,000 in cash and $900 a month mortgage, I'd rather have you have the $200,000 in cash. Okay? Now, if it's $4 million in cash and a $300,000 mortgage, then you could pay it off. I'm all right with that. There's plenty of cash left over to create. You need your retirement assets to generate a, a machine. It's a machine that's an income, right? It's like having a, a farm. You can have some chicken tonight for dinner, but if you're expecting any eggs tomorrow, you better have chickens left over. I made that one up. I like it. All right. Talk about erasing debt. Consider lifestyle changes. Folks, look, part of this says, you know what? The house was there to raise my children. The house was there because the school district was amazing. And now it's time to move on. Don't think because you had a house in 1961 or 1972 that it's supposed to be the same house that you die in. Maybe, but maybe it's time to unlock some of that. And if you want some or part of your money safe, well, you may not have to make that decision if the market drops or continues to drop. 
then that's what we're here for. Total Financial Solutions. Folks, 888-99-RETIRE. That's how you get a hold of me. 888-99-RETIRE. And the phone is on uh, all week long, of course, and we have staff there from 8 in the morning till about 7 at night. Uh, and you can always leave a message and we'll get right back to you. 888-888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me this hour of the program. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy holiday weekend. And, uh, you know, listen, we always have family and and friends, don't forget gratitude. I think that changes everything about who you are. Take a look around. Be appreciative of this country and spend time with your family. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.